God bless you. Please be seated, Dr. Joe. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, orchestra and praise band, choir, soloist, Terry. What a powerful name it is. Wow. Wonderful. So good to see you this morning. Welcome those guests who are joining us on our simulcast from wherever you are. Happy post-Thanksgiving. If you were here, you would see what I see. All these people look lighter. They lost weight. How did you do it? Wait a minute. Oh, now the lights are on. Not wait, no. Just kidding. Glad to see everybody. Thank you. If you're one of our guests, we're blessed you're here. You happen to be here for the feeding of the 5,000 this past Tuesday, and you've joined us today. We're so blessed you are here. We had a wonderful day. Some lovely, lovely people came where God provided some wonderful things for them. Got to speak to so many in the line outside and through here. Lots of people taking that wonderful name as their personal Lord and Savior right up front here. What a blessing. And if give God a hand of praise, what a great thing to see that happen. Thank you, church, each and every year for stepping to the plate and providing for that. As I say many times, we don't budget that. It's incredible. And thank you, boys and girls and students. So many of you save all year to buy. We ask that you bring $21 for the turkey, and so many of you save some of our children, but our students also save all year to get one, and this year some of them bought two because they love that name of Jesus and want people to get connected, so we're very blessed to have that. Now, it is December 1st. Can you believe it's December 1st? It's December 1st. What happened? We better start having rehearsals for the Christmas Spectacular, right? Listen, they started back in the summer. And even before that, thinking through this whole thing. But because it is that season, it is time for the annual Bubba's Book of Christmas Wisdom. And I have with me some things that children pretty much don't care for. But let's see. There's some Twix and Baby Ruth, Tootsie Roll Pops, Skittles, uh, Milky Way, Babe Ruth. Lots of good things in here. But we need a volunteer. Maybe you're around. Your hand shot right up. It didn't even. Come up here. Come up here. That is wonderful. We have a volunteer making her way up. Thank you very much. This morning we have a little experiment. How long can you keep a spider on your tongue? And we'll get. No, we don't. Claire knows better. You can stand right up here because today, thank you, we have three Christmas riddles. And if you can answer all three, the treats in that bag are yours. Would you like to try? Sure, Sure, she said. Okay. Face them. These are a little bit challenging, but Claire's smart. She may be able to get all of these. Okay, you ready for the first one? What kind of music do elves like? She doesn't know. It's all right. Rap music, W-R-A-P. Wasn't that cheesy? See, but you, you'll tell them in school tomorrow or your workplace. Rap music. All right, question number two. That's all right. We're going to give you another chance. Here we go. Why didn't the skeleton go to the Christmas party? I'm sorry, because it was... Halloween. She tried, 
But no, the reason that, why didn't the skeleton go to the Christmas party? He had no body to go with. <laughs> worse, isn't it? It was worse than. And maybe she'll get the last one. We want you to get this bag of things here, okay? What does Santa suffer from if he gets caught in a chimney? What's that? No cookies. No. What? Well, that, that happens too, but that's not the answer that Bubba has in his book of Christmas wisdom. What does Santa suffer from if he gets caught in a chimney? Claustrophobia. Claw. Three strikes and you're out, right? Now, she tried. So how many of you think we should give her all this candy? Here you go. It's all for you. Thank you. What a good sport. Give her another hand. Thank you. The good sport. Thank you. Thank you. Today we're going to be, it is December 1st. We have a little motif going today. It's that Christmas time. This is, well, what book are you in? You in Luke or Matthew? No, we're still in 1 Kings with Elijah, but listen carefully. Uh, during this time of year, many people like to watch some of the classics. I know I do. Some of them call them kind of cheesy, outdated, whatever. There's a timeless motif. I'll throw something out to you. It's called It's a Wonderful Life. It's a movie that came out in 1946. Frank Capra was the one that produced it. And uh, the film starred, I'm reading right here on the uh, Internet site, stars uh, James Stewart as George Bailey. You want the moon, Mary? We'll give you the moon. What do you want, right? George Bailey, a man who has given up his dreams to help others and whose eminent suicide on Christmas Eve brings about the intervention of his guardian angel. Pastor, where in the world are you going? A man that wants to die. He gave up his dreams. He, he lived it out, gave up his dreams. Everyone else was doing their thing. And he gets to the point where he wants to die. We found a man by the name of Elijah underneath a juniper tree, wanting to die. I gave it my best. Look what, after doing all of this, now I'm depressed. I'm running from the whole thing. I want to get out. I want to die. And so we see George Bailey and his life that he thought he wasted wanting to die, and there's some divine intervention. And we see Elijah, who has some divine intervention. Today's message, Elijah, one man and his God. Bring up our first passage, if you would, 1 Kings 19.10. Word of God says, he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. This is in response to the question that Elijah gets asked by God, Elijah what are you? Middle reflexive. It's an emphatic you. What are you? You of all people, what are you doing here? Though Elijah said, he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenants and broken down your altars, put your prophets to death, and with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. I'll bring up our next slide. Let's see what's going on here. 
We find uh, in answering the Lord's question, Eliza doesn't er recognize some things in his life. So today, I want to submit to you, it truly is a wonderful life. When you have life in Jesus Christ, life is wonderful. But sometimes we can forget something very important. Elijah did. Forgot to acknowledge his error. He's underneath this tree. He's wanting to die. And what was his error? His error was, well, had God been taking care of him all along so far? Right? Been taking care of him. But now... He gets alone, he gets isolated, and he wants to die. God sends an angel to feed him, and the angel touches him. He wakes up, lets him go back to sleep. Angel feeds him again, and then God says, get off to Mount Horeb. I want you to get out there. He travels a couple of hundred miles. God sustains him on this food, and here we are. Here we are. He forgot He didn't acknowledge his error because he started focusing on himself. He focused on his isolation, and he focused on the way he thought things ought to happen. Let me ask you something. Like George Bailey and like Elijah, you can forget and just think, well, the way I had planned it out didn't happen, so I'm going to drop my lip down to the ground, and I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be isolated. I don't want to be here anymore. It didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. I won't ask you to raise your hand. But has it happened the way you thought it was going to happen in all phases of life? See, God's pretty creative, isn't he? Let me suggest this today. There are mightier forces at work in this world beyond physical force. And forgot to have a a repentant heart and seek restoration. You see, when you get to that point where you're just saying, you know what, was it really worth it? Did all this and look what happened now. Look at the kids, look at the church, look at the life, look at the workplace, look at my finances, look at my health. I thought it would happen this way and I'd be okay. Should someone as young as me have this or should this happen to me? I thought I'd be married by this time. I thought I'd be divorced by this time. I thought I'd have whatever. Whatever on your mind and heart. You thought some plan and it didn't come across that way. And it can put people into a funk. Elijah's in a funk. God says, okay, I'm... I'm not going to push it yet. I'm just going to let you think about the question and give you a long time to think about it. So he's there, and he seeks to justify himself. Thank God we don't do that anymore. He seeks to justify himself. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. God says, oh, yeah, let me check and see. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about you, sir. Listen. Can you stand before the seeker of hearts, the searcher of hearts, and say, I have been very zealous for the Lord? And truly, Elijah was. But that doesn't guarantee, because we've been zealous all this time up to today, that that means that God will listen to my plan, because now he's seen how wise I am. A shaman, a genius. And so he forgets about that. And reminds God of something that's kind of a duh. I've been very zealous for you. And look what I, watch, and look what I get. Look what I got. I got this disease. I got fired. I didn't get the promotion. She left me. He left me. My life didn't go. Uh, Fill in the blanks. Where are you with it today? There are people in this room that last week 
right now that didn't have the diagnosis health-wise that they wanted to get. Came up kind of a surprise. The congregation or size that happens about every week. Something happens. It's called life. Got a brother that just got a diagnosis like that. Not what we wanted, but listen. The story of life is that if you think that you're guaranteed certain things, you're not. God says, I guarantee if you put your faith and trust in me, I will save your soul. After that, walk with God every day because no one knows about tomorrow, no matter how young or how old you are. You see, it is a wonderful life when we listen to what God has for us. Bring up the next slide. Elijah held on to his feelings of self-righteousness and sidestepped his obligation to God. We have to be careful that we think just because we're doing the right thing that everything will happen according to our plan. God didn't owe us that. He knows what's best for us because he's omniscient. He knows everything. In the midst of sickness, financial issues, relational issues, God is in the midst of all of those. I'm the only one left. Be really careful because when you get isolated, in comes depression, loneliness, and the wrong kinds of feelings. George barely felt it. Elijah felt it. And you and I can feel those feelings. You can, in fact, you can be in the midst of a big room just like this and feel alone and lonely. It's tough, isn't it? It's hard. The bottom line is, Elijah forgot to think about God's ever-presence with him, didn't he? God was with him the whole way. How do you think those things happened? He really wasn't alone. You see, one plus God's always the majority. And God was with him the whole way. You think those ravens thought about that themselves? Talking to each other. Let's go feed some guy in some brook. Okay, let's do it twice a day. They didn't do that. Every day. You think those jars filled themselves or God did it? You think that boy who was dead came alive because God didn't do it? You think fire fell from heaven because Elijah had some secret incantation? God was with them the whole way. He told them when to go and when to leave. Now Elijah doesn't listen to God's plan. You see, when you get isolated, when you start feeling sorry for yourself, he leaves and he goes and gets alone. He runs from God's plan. Isn't that something? Let me run and get isolated. Leaves his servant, then goes underneath a tree. Want to die? Pray, don't wake up. There he is. And now they're trying to kill me too. And now, the emphasis on, you see what I capitalized? And now they're trying to kill me. Before this, Ahab and Jezebel loved me. Now they're trying to kill you. You see, when you get alone and isolated, you tend to exaggerate a little bit. You exaggerate the wrong. And now they're trying to kill me after all that I did. Ahab's been looking for this guy to try and kill him way before that. Am I right? Look at the scripture. He sends out people trying to find Ahab. They're not trying to celebrate his birthday, right? They didn't like him, and they wanted him gone. It's not been raining. Farmers, people in an agrarian society depending on food with no rain, crops drying up. He wasn't exactly loved, and certainly the king didn't love him for that. And so we have this whole thing playing out. And he forgot about the hand of God that protected him. And sometimes we can forget about the hand of God that protects us. Just this morning. How many of you were on the road at 545 this morning? 
other than me. We see one hand there. I didn't see you. (laughs) But usually there's no one out. Where I pull out on Friendly Avenue there, the light is activated before a certain time of the morning. If it just senses motion, it changes. You know what I'm... Some of you think I'm crazy. But it's true. They're activated. You can blink your light. You don't even have to blink your light. They change. Even on Battleground Avenue, that will happen early. Now, people do it all during the day. They don't pay any attention to the light. But it will change. If you're approaching a red light, I've done this for only over 20 years. It changes. So I'm doing that this morning. And there's no one out at 5, 4. Trust me. (laughs) Except for one car that was. And usually when I do that, I'm already coming up sort of a hill. It changes and I just keep going because it senses you're coming. But today I didn't because some nut, if you're watching out there, (laughs) is doing about 50 miles an hour. And I get up and I just, God, guard, whatever, I just stop for a green light. Now that proves it's God. And this guy comes flying right, whoever it was, comes flying right through that. Red. Red. Christmas red. Red. <laughs> Woom, right through there. And I, after that, I just look and say, wouldn't that be something for the headlines the next day? Pastor killed by the only other person in Greensboro that's on the road. Two cars on the road, and he's dead. I'd say, that guy was really a dummy. <laughs> Gets killed. How can you get killed with two cars on the road? Listen, never forget about God's protection over you and over me. I don't know why I'm saying, God, thank you. Thank you. for Let me just be mindful of that. It'd be a different morning today, wouldn't it? When you're saying, praise God, we get out faster and be home. That's all right. Joe's with heaven right now. He forgot about the hand of God that protected him the whole way. When you forget about God's protection because you take it for granted, you think, yeah, well, I'm this age, I'm okay. I'm all right. Life's okay. I've got some money. I've got a job. I've got some relationships. I'm okay. But the fact is, none of us are guaranteed that. And the breath in our lungs and our heart beating is not happening because we did something. God made it as such, and he gives us air, and he gives us a heartbeat, and gives us blessings. Listen, folks, it's a wonderful life when you follow and listen to God. But Elijah got in that funk. Look at 1 Kings 19, verses 11 through 13. The Lord said... Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Today, you may be listening out there today and the simulcasts are in this room and the Lord is about to pass by you today because he has a word for you if you'll listen. And the bottom line is, it says, then there was a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart. Now, I've seen some powerful wind. But if God sends a wind, how would that be? Would that concern you? Some aren't even here today because some liquid was falling from the sky. Decided it wouldn't come. This tears the mountain apart. Shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Word of God says as we continue. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came A gentle whisper. The Lord is about to pass by all of us. But you have to listen. And it says when Elijah heard it, 
he pulled his cloak over his face, went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here? There's so many remarkable things about that. I've been in a hurricane. I've been where there's some severe wind. I've not, we had a little tremor when I was out in, in, at Golden Gate in San Francisco, but nothing that was earth-shattering, no pun intended. Word of God says there was a fire, earthquake, and then there came a fire, but the Lord wasn't in that. But I can tell you this. None of those things moved Elijah to move the cloak over his face until he senses the presence and the word from God. There are some things that are much mightier on this earth than physical forces. And it's the still, small whisper of God that he knows that's God. Because God wasn't in the wind, it wasn't in the fire, it wasn't in the earthquake. But he's in the voice, and he pulls his cloak up. Then, you see, the Word of God says, get out. And today, there's a lot of cave dwellers. You may be listening out there, hidden back in a cave or right in this room, and you're in a cave of isolation. You're in a cave of funk. You're in a cave of depression. You're in a cave of apathy. And God says, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. God wants us to stand out there in his presence so we can hear him. We can be reverencing him, listening to him. Do you talk with God? Because God wants to talk with us. And he has a message for Elijah. You see, wind, earth, and fire are something. But think about how ironic this is. Think about it. God could have destroyed Jezebel and Ahab with the wind like that, couldn't he? Or some fire. Couldn't God bring down more fire? And he could have brought down this kind of an earthquake that shattered all of Israel. God could have used all those things, but he didn't. He didn't do that. You see, God's plan is way different than ours. Should we call down fire? Should we have all these signs? And the fact is, those are the kinds of things that already happened. You see, fire fell from heaven. It soaked up and burned up all the rocks that were there. Is there any clouds out there? Yes, one of the sides of a man's hand, bigger, bigger, bigger. And all of a sudden, the storm blows in. There's wind. There's rain. There's storms. There's fire. And there's no change in Israel. And he's disappointed. All that work, all that time. And you may be disappointed with your life up to now or your ministry up to now because it may look like it's drying up a little bit. Let me say this to you. You listen to the still, small voice of God. He has a word for you and a word of encouragement. So Elijah's out there after all this has happened. He gets to learn some things that are important. There's some things way mightier on the face of the earth than physical forces. The whisper of God draws him into that holy time to be with God. It's that gentle whisper that caused Elijah to pull his cloak. And he went out and stood in the mouth of the cave. He finally gets out, and there he is. What happens? Next slide. And so in verses 14 through 17, 
Word of God tells us some important things about this life. It says, he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. Just in case, God, you didn't hear me the first time. None of us remind God about something, do we? And it's okay. He's just reiterating it again. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Mm. What does it say? The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. If there's ever words for today, whether it's been George Bailey's life, Elijah's life, mine or yours, God says, go back to where you came. Are you in that funk? Go back to where you came, where you came to Christ, where you found there was a jump in your step and you found a reason to live, where you thought, you know what? The most important thing in life is living out the great commission to be a discipler. And God, I've lost that vision because I thought it had to happen my way and I can't see the big signs happening Or the big signs that did happen aren't happening now. So I feel alone. I feel isolated. God says to me and he says to you, I've already told you in that still small voice, go back to where you came from. Go back to where your ministry is. Go back to where I put you on the tracks of life because you got off because you wanted to do it yourself. You started looking at the circumstances. You started getting in that isolation mode. You forgot what your calling is. It said to go into all the world to me and you, and to make disciples. Some have gotten off that track. We've substituted a thousand other things for the Great Commission and have gotten off track, and we're hiding our witness back in a cave somewhere. And we wonder why we don't feel the abundant life. We wonder why when we come and we leave, it's just not happening. Because we're hiding away. We're hiding the reason God has left us down here. And you can look at some of the news and some of the reports, and you can get depressed with it or excited with it, whatever you get with it. But this is the news in the Bible right here. And no matter what's happening out there, whether it's Jezebel trying to kill Elijah or what your enemies might be in your university or high school or middle school, God says, my job hasn't changed for you. Your calling has not changed. You're supposed to be about doing what I've called you to do. And my will for you is to seek first the kingdom of God, then all the other things will be added to you. So if it didn't happen in the right timing to you to meet Mr. or Mrs. Wright, or get your job promotion, or have the ideal house you always wanted yet, or drive this, or do that, or be this, listen carefully. It's a wonderful life when you follow Jesus, and you'll never have more value. When you become a child of God, loved by God, and work out God's plan in you, into this world. It's the most valuable thing I have, the most valuable thing you have, but you can't live it out hiding in isolation, hiding in a cave. Go back to where you came from. Get back on the tracks. Now watch what God does, as only he can do, okay? Only God can do this way and act in the way that he does. Let him go back to where you came Go and go to the desert of uh, Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel. And anoint Elijah son of Shaphat from Abel of Meloah and to succeed you as a prophet. So what's going on here? It says Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Haziel. And Elijah will put to death any who escaped the sword of 
of Jehu. Return to the active duty that is your cure for despondency, Elijah. Return to your call of duty, church, that God has for you. It is the cure for despondency. So what does God do? He says, go back where you stepped out of my will. Some in this room and some that are listening need to go back where they stepped out of God's will. What you find is people who have a tendency to wander away from God do it for lots of different reasons. One of them is just to make excuses up. They're smarter than God. They're more enlightened now. They did it at a certain time, but it's not good enough for them now. Too smart for God. But look at God. God is unbelievable. And the vengeance of God against idol-worshiping evildoers. Listen carefully. The vengeance of God against idol-worshippers will never lack people or influences to carry it out. Elijah's thinking it's over, but God gives him a direction. The first thing he gives to me and to you, he gives him a direction. He says, go back the way you came. I brought you on this long journey because I want you to think about where you were and what had happened. Go back to where you came. It may have been coming forward for an altar call one day. It may have been in your house where you prayed to receive Christ. Maybe in a place of business. But right now, go back to where you came. Go back to that calling in your life because it's a wonderful life when you follow Christ. And it does make a difference in people's lives. And I'm blessed for the people that saw me on the street years ago and decided they would take their whole lunch hour to witness to me about Jesus Christ. My college years. Bless they did that. Make a difference. What's one person? Well, how can God use me? Stop thinking human thought. Start thinking God thought, because here's what God tells Elijah. Elijah thinks it's all over. I did all this, and Israel hadn't repented. In fact, here's my reward. No good deed goes unpunished. Now the queen wants to kill me. Excuse me, Elijah, did birds feed you? Did jars keep filling back up? Did I raise someone from the dead? Did fire fall from heaven? Haven't you seen enough? You think I can't take care of Jezebel by incinerating her? I've got another plan. I don't want you to go back to where you are because it's not about you. It's about my plan when you listen to me and you let it be about you. You stayed into a funk. He gives him a direction. Go back to where you came. He gives him a commission. Look at the commission. He said he wants him to go back, anoint Haziel. And you see, God says, I will chastise rebellious Israel. I'm the only, Israel's built all these altars. I'm going to take care of that. You don't have to go back there and whip them yourself. I'm going to chastise them. I know exactly what to do. You don't. Though if you think I've forgotten about Israel being chastised, God loves and chastises all those who are his children. Then God says, I'm going to take care of that through Haziel. But... Through Jehu, I will destroy the house of Ahab. You're worried about Ahab, weren't you, and Jezebel, weren't you? I'm going to raise someone up to take care of them also. See, it wasn't in your plan, was it? You thought you knew everything, but you don't. I'm going to raise up someone else that will destroy the house of Ahab. And then I'm also going to restore the, the order of prophets because I'm going to have Elijah who will have a double portion of my spirit in him. So all the things you thought were not going to happen, God said, I'm going to give you a direction, I'm going to give you a commission, but you've got to get back because God's got that for you. 
He has appointments out there just like Elijah had in this world. Unbelievable, but true. And it says in verse 18 of 1 Kings 19, Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, whose mouths have not kissed him. Elijah, you're not alone. I've reserved 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee there. You see, what does God give Elijah? He gives him a promise. He gave him the direction, the commission, and he gives him a promise. You're not alone. You're not the only one left. It's unbelievable what God has done. But if you want to be fruitful for God, you have to obey God. And to obey God, you have to get out of isolation. You have to get out of that funk and say, God, where do I need to be? And many times our feelings will tell us, no, you have to force the piece in the puzzle. You know, any puzzle builders out there or ever built, tried those? I just saw some children today. It was fun to watch them in some of the little classes. And you can see the watermelon doesn't fit where there's a foot. But they're trying to get it in there. And we laugh, but sometimes as adults, we try and force the piece in. Because see, I can see this makes sense to me. Many times if it makes sense to you, drop it, okay? God, I mean, half kidding. Many times God just works through the normal cycles of life. But many times God works in ways we don't even know. We can't see because we don't even know about tomorrow. I didn't know someone would be coming through a, a red light, a, a red light. It could have killed me. We don't know. God knows. That's why it's important to follow his plan. It is a wonderful life when we follow God. And the wind, the earth, the fire, all those signs, they come and they go. All those physical signs. Some of you have seen signs like that in here, but they come and they go. And Elijah put all of his faith and trust that now that that happened, I'm through because I didn't see any result from it. You will plant seeds in your life, and you'll never see exactly what will happen to all of them. Anybody can count the seeds in an apple. Only God can count the apples in a seed. And plant the seeds. Be out there. Use it, particularly this time of year. It's a great time of year. Have a wonderful life. Just planting seeds. God, I don't know what you want to do with it, but I'm going to plant some out there. I'm going to get out of the cave. I'm going to stand in front of the cave. I'm going to listen to you and say, God, when I'm out today, would you use me in some way? I don't even have to know how. Meeting someone, being a blessing with someone, calling someone from, the, from my class, trying to be a blessing. I don't know what. God, I've got a ticket in my hand. I don't know who it's for. Two tickets to the Christmas program. I don't know who it's for. Show me. There are mightier forces at work in our world other than physical forces. There's people in our world who need to hear that small whisper from God. And let me just say to you today that some of the motifs that people say don't work, well, they may not because that film, It's a Wonderful Life, actually wasn't a great box office hit. And even a lot of the people in the movie industry back in that day, Frank Capri used to make movies people would come to see. But after this one, well... Thank Camper, isn't what he used to be. All the critics of the day and time, well, we don't know if he's a box office draw anymore. Hmm. Although it was not a complete box office failure that today everyone believes, it wasn't a complete failure, but it wasn't a success they thought it would be. It was initially a major disappointment and confirmed at least to the studios that Capra was no longer capable of turning out the populist features that made his films a must-see, money-making event. 
what's going to happen to Frank Capra. Well, you scroll on other sites and you find out some incredible things about what this film would happen. It's a Wonderful Life is now considered one of the greatest films of all times by film critics. Nominated for five Academy Awards along with Best Picture, recognized by the American Film Institute as one of the best 100 films ever made and in 2007 was listed as number 11. All-time best film ever made. Don't listen to the critics. Listen to God. And if you're your own worst critic, listen to God because it is a wonderful life. And when you listen to him and hear him talk to you day by day and through the day, you will find success in life because you'll go counterintuitive to a lot of the feelings that you have. You will say and you will know, you know, God can do it any different way he wants to. I'm just going to be obedient and watch what God does. He'll give you a direction, a commission, and a promise when you listen. Today, as pastors, deacons are coming forward, there's a time of response. Excuses are often used by those who wander from God. If you have an excuse today, you can leave it at the altar. They're used by people who wander from God or want to cheat at solitaire or live in apathy in the back of the cave. But God has a wonderful life for you. Whether you're listening out there in the simulcaster right in this room, he does. It starts knowing the best news in the world. And I hope if you're here, you know this news, but I'll say it. Christmas time, the murals behind me depict God entering into time and space. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, his very name, God who dwells with us. He came on a mission to do something for me and you we couldn't do for ourselves. He came to die for the sins of this world. We can't pay for our own sin. And the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death, separation from God. That's what biblical death is, separation from God. But he loves you, friend, and he came and died in your place. He t- Imagine this. He took our punishment, your punishment upon himself. He bled and died rose from the tomb three days later and offers eternal life as a gift. It's the gift of Christmas. It gets so disguised in all the other Christmas trappings that we can miss the greatest gift ever, that God offers eternal life to those who put their faith and trust in what he has done. Not in religion, not in a system, not in this church, not in this pastor. None of those things died for you, but God did, friend, because he loves you. It's God's message of redemption. He loves you. You can receive the gift of Christmas today by inviting Jesus into your life, saying, Jesus, I understand today. I could never earn my way to heaven, but you died in my place. You took my punishment because you love me and because you're gracious. And you came out of the tomb three days later and you offer eternal life as a gift. Today, God, as best as I understand, I want to receive that. And friend, if you're doing that today in your mind and heart, God will indwell you with his Holy Spirit. And he'll show you how to serve him, not to earn salvation, not to be saved. He'll show you how to serve him because you are saved, because you're on the road to heaven and you serve out of thankfulness the way that love should work. That's how love works. Doesn't have to be forced. It's given just as God gave it to us. You can hand that to God and have a wonderful life of serving him. If your prayer request today is God has spoken to you and you've got a You've heard his voice or would like to hear it. We'd love to pray with you. If you're looking for a church home, we'd like to receive you today as a candidate for membership. Simply come forward during a time we call it a time of response. Talk to one of our pastors or deacons say, Today, I would like to be part of what God is doing here. Every Christian 
needs a church home, we'd love for you to come as a candidate for membership. Come today. We'd love to have you. We're looking for people who want to make a difference in our world. Not look for excuses. Make a difference. We'd love to have you come. If you haven't invited Jesus Christ into your life as your personal Lord and Savior and received the gift of eternal life, we'd love to know about that too. Today, I'm going to ask you to stand. Don't wait. Terry's here to lead us for a time of response. Respond as God's voice has spoken to you today.